Hi. I'm Randy. And I'm Claire. And you're listening to Killer Vibes. A true crime podcast. Okay. So today we have a local story. Ooh, neat. So okay. I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. Um, because if I tell you what it is, like, it'll give it away, so. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So, well, not to, not like give it away as in you would know it, but I can't really tell you what happened. Well, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Not immediately, but I eventually <laughs> I feel like you'll tell me what happened. I will. <laughs> so Tammy Tatum and Jim Meadow met in Longmont, which is a town just south of here. Mm-hmm. And they really hit it off. They're like young adults. They are just instantly connected. And pretty soon after they move in together, they kind of have this common law marriage thing. And they eventually have a baby girl named Sadie. So soon after Sadie is born, Jim starts having some problems. So he gets numerous DUIs and he even gets arrested for disorderly conduct at a Safeway, which is a grocery store in Colorado. And because he was trying to choke another customer and he was like really drunk. That's not great. Not good. That's not a good look. No, it's not. And then after he gets... um like caught for this and he realizes he needs to like direct this anger somewhere else he starts directing it at tammy and abusing her and not choking cool. her and being a gross Yikes. person that's so scary i know and all her friends saw it and all her friends n- noticed it but mm-hmm. i mean battered women syndrome like it's hard to get out yes. of that so so tragic So he gets his fourth DUI, and this time he is sentenced to the Longmont Community Treatment Center, or if you're local, LCTC, and it is basically just a halfway house for drug or alcohol abusers, and it's kind of like community corrections here, where you just, like, live there. Um, It's it's almost like a work release where you live there, but then you leave and go to work during the day. Okay. Like a sober living home kind of thing. Okay, yeah. So he had to live there, like I said, but Tammy would pick him up every morning and take him to his job at Auto Connection, where he was a mechanic. So on May 1st of 1993, she doesn't come pick him up from LCTC, and he's concerned about her. So he walks over to their apartment, which is only a 15-minute walk from the treatment center, to go check on her. And he's, like, knocking on the door, and he hears Sadie crying, but he doesn't, like, no one's answering the door. So he gets really concerned about Sadie, and he breaks in the door, like, kicks it in, and finds Tammy's naked body laying on their bed. Her arms and legs are, like, posed, like, her arms above her and her legs spread out, and she's cold and blue, (gasps) so he knows that she's dead. Oh my God, that's so terrifying. I know. So he calls 911 and says, this is weird. And this is what kind of starts to get the ball rolling yeah, on yeah. suspicions of him. Sure. Is when he calls 911, he says, could you come by my house real real quick? I think my wife's dead. Uh, <laughs> like it's kind of a weird I mean, casual way to say that. Yeah. And. It's always hard to judge people based off of their 911 phone calls. I just love to, though. That's a little strange. Yeah. Because it's... I mean, like, what do you say? There's no good way to do a 911 phone call. Like, you can totally judge everyone's 911 phone call. Mm -hmm. 
Which is really fun. Yeah, it is so fun because that is a little too, like, casual. Yeah. It's like, it's like having a phone call with your friend. You're like, oh, hey. Will you come by my house like, real quick? Like, I need you to just, like, a real quick trip, just, like, one and done. Yeah. I think my wife's dead. I don't know. If you could come check out that, that would be so great. Thank you. <laughs> but, I mean, on the other side, we totally would be saying the same thing if he was, like, overly mm-hmm. dramatic. dramatic and, like, my wife it's has like, been murdered. What am I going to do? I have nothing to live yeah, for. Yeah, like, that would be weird, too. So. Yeah, so it's kind of, like, where do you base that on? I don't know the psychology know. behind all of it, but that is a little too casual right? for me. So, mm. so yeah, so obviously being the abusive husband the eyes are on him mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other stuff that makes friends or um detectives think that it's him too okay so the medical examiner estimated that she was strangled to death several hours before her body was discovered okay and it was clearly a sexually motivated crime because there were injuries to her vagina and her breasts but weird there wasn't evidence of a rape they, like, there wasn't evidence so, of it not happening, but there wasn't evidence, like, clearly evidence that it did happen at the same so time. it might have just been consensual, aggressive sex. Yeah, like, they don't know, so. Okay, that's interesting. And then the scene was meticulously cleaned with, like, water and a towel. You just cleaned everything. So there was barely any forensic evidence, but there was some that we'll get to. Okay. Um, And then the time that he spent in the apartment which would have been about two hours probably to like do commit the crime and like clean it up. Well, maybe not two hours. I think I'm thinking of another thing I'll tell you about later, but like a little (laughs) bit of time indicated that he would be comfortable in this space because it is just like an apartment in downtown Longmont and there are people around you and you don't know who's coming home, you know, like if you're just a random stranger. So yeah. And based on like the time of death, like it, it, you would have to be comfortable. You would have to like know that no one was coming home. So mm-hmm. that also is like is probably him, right? Um, the strangulation insinuates that the killer was close to the victim, um, because that's a really personal way to kill somebody. Absolutely. And so that also leads to suspicion of Jim, of course. And the suspicion is furthered even more by interviews with people that are close to Tammy that say Jim was abusing her and that she had a black eye as early as one month before her murder. Yikes. Yes. The so, abuse is just not helping this. No, it's not. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... And, like, he's going through some shit, too, in his life. Yeah, but yeah, but that does any, not give any excuse no. to abusing a female. Yeah, and, like, anyone, I feel really. like he's working on it, but I feel like I feel like it was getting better. But yeah. still, like, the fact that he did it at all really, really points the finger help. at him. Yeah, absolutely. It may be in his past, but it's still something that he did. Yeah. So that doesn't help the situation at all, even if he is innocent, which, I mean, I don't know, but, like, you know what I mean? Yes, and oh my God, is he innocent? Okay, never mind. I'll just wait for you to tell me. <laughs> so Tammy's friends think that she probably tried to leave him and was telling him, like, I'm leaving you, like, I'm packing mm-hmm. up and going or whatever, and that it escalated to a fight, and that's what happened. So really everyone thinks that it's Jim. And then they get even more information that's incriminating because a man named Rudy Gaytan who was also at the LCTC treatment center, he gave the police a lot of insight into what Jim was saying at the treatment center. 
So he said that on one occasion, he told him that he would rip Tammy's heart out if she cheated on him and that he mentioned not only killing her, but strangling her specifically. Ooh. So. Yikes. That does not help. Right. And Rudy's kind of like a, like a really good person to say this information because he's not close to any of them. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have any Biased. like relationships that yeah. are meaningful with the victim or the killer. So yeah, so they were like, you're really credible. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so, <laughs> Thank much. You so much. Thank you for coming in today. So Jim's alibi is that he was at the treatment center when the murder occurred. But the problem is that the time of death couldn't be nailed down like too specifically for some reason, probably because it was 1993, but it was between 9 p.m. and 9 a.m. And he signed into LCTC at 9.43 p.m., giving him plenty of time to murder Tammy and walk the short 15 minutes back to the treatment center. Right. So the timestamps totally make sense. Yeah. This is just building and building up against this guy. (laughs) It really is. Yeah. So they also found letters that Tammy had written kind of like diary style, just like writing her feelings. Mm -hmm. And they all expressed how scared she was of Jim and how the abuse was getting really bad. And the last one, like the very latest letter that she wrote before she was murdered, indicated that she was planning to leave him. So this totally mm. makes sense with her friend's yeah. suspicions that she finally was, gonna was like, I'm going to leave. And then he killed her. Yeah. So the timeline's there. The weird. The motive that, is the there. The motive yeah. is there. Everything's there. Yeah. The aggression is there. It's all there. Yeah. So they the finally. It is the perfect crime at the perfect time. Uh-uh. <gasps> is, is that what you said in that? I don't even remember. I don't remember. It's a good rhyme, though. <laughs> Um, so they finally find a piece of forensic evidence, and it is a condom in the trash can that has Jim's DNA in it. So they're like, Yikes. gotcha. Yeah. And he says, like, okay, we're common law married. I live at the treatment center, but I go to the apartment sometimes, and we, we had consensual sex, sex yes. that night. Yeah. Which isn't too far-fetched. No. Um, but police don't buy it and they say well maybe you did and then maybe you got in a fight and then you probably killed her which all which is also suggestive of the physical evidence on her body as mm-hmm. well so the other pieces of forensic evidence they find is um skin and blood underneath Tammy's fingernails as well as a single hair in the apartment that did not belong to Tammy or Sadie and it had like a piece of scalp on it ew yeah, that is great. Which indicates that sh- someone pulled it out of someone's head, mm-hmm. not that it was just like shedding. Yeah, just like you know, regular hair shed. Yeah, your scalp doesn't come out when that removed. happens. Yeah. yeah. So bummer. <laughs> oh no. So by 1993, when this is happening and they have the forensic evidence, they feared that the samples were too small for the the technology available to them. So they made the decision not to test it because they knew that. T- Technology, technological advancements were on the way and oh. they were like if we test it now we'll run, run out it. of the sample and we won't yeah. have anything to test in the coming years when testing gets more accurate because they were like this is a really small sample and if we test it now we might not get anything anyways okay so did they not prosecute then because of this or yeah no so they exactly they did pretty, they arrest him no they can't i mean they have no evidence okay they might have had enough to arrest him, but they definitely did not have enough to charge not him. Charge him with anything. And 
like they so they'd need like a full on well I guess that would be the same thing yeah they just don't have I think that they could have arrested him and brought him in for questioning like someone probably would have signed an arrest warrant Mm -hmm. but they did not have enough to convict and ethically as a prosecutor you should not convict if you don't believe you can win because you're using like taxpayer money and Mm -hmm. resources to do something you know you're not going to succeed at so I think what it was is they definitely probably could have arrested him but it would have been so unsuccessful because they had no evidence. Mm-hmm. All they had was coincidence. And- right. So, and that's not enough, really. And they they must have thought that he wasn't a big enough of a danger into the, in the community to immediately arrest him. Yeah, because you know I, mean, I mean, if you just kill your like wife that you abuse, like obviously that's a personal thing, like yeah, with it's you not too. Like you are a serial killer. Yeah, and he was already in the criminal justice system working on himself. So yeah, they probably thought like, oh, he'll get better, it'll be fine. Yeah, like, he's not he's, gonna kill anyone else. Yeah, he's in a controlled situation in this sobriety home or whatever. Yeah, it but is. there's really nothing they could do because they said they were like, well, maybe maybe we'll solve this later, but like mm-hmm. we. What what would you do if you were the forensic analyst? Like salt, maybe like small percentage, maybe or yeah. wait a couple of years and actually test the DNA. Right, and this is the '90s when the DNA stuff was actually coming into fruition. Yeah, so, so everyone knew like there, there are, are advancements down the yeah. road. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I get that. Okay. Yeah, so they basically know it's Jim, but they don't do anything about it because they can't. Right. So sorry, do they put him under surveillance or anything? I don't know. I just feel like. He would have, I would have considered him to be a danger to his daughter or, I don't know, like other people around him. Well, I'm sure they took his daughter into like right, into child custody. services. Yeah. But, or not protected custody, but I'm sure she was, I don't know what happened to her, but I think she, I, I would assume she, she was placed in a, with family with members family. or mm-hmm. something. So, right. I mean, no, I mean, I don't think they did anything like that because he just, I mean, if they did that for everyone who killed their wife, they'd be like, I mean, that'd be a lot of money. That'd be so much. So, anyway, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it was that big of a community safety concern because he just mm-hmm. killed his wife. Right. That he abused. Maybe that just, it just, maybe I'm just angry about it. But anyway. Probably. That he's okay. free for a couple more years. Justice is DNA. coming. Okay. Don't worry. Okay. I believe you. So nothing happens for three years and they still don't test the DNA because it kind of like dies out and they're kind of like whatever. Like they have other stuff to deal with. Yeah. And then one mile away from Tammy's apartment, a woman named Renee Delaney calls 911 three years later to report her rape. So she said that a man spent nearly two hours in her apartment raping her and she didn't see anything because he blindfolded her with duct tape. And oh my God. this happened like shortly after her. She lived with her grandma mm-hmm. and her grandma left for work at 5 a.m. And this happened like right after. So the early morning hours. Mm-hmm. And her rapist similarly spent a lot of time cleaning up both Renee and the apartment. So really similar MOs. She He like woke her up with a knife to her neck. Raped her, cleaned everything, peaced out. Yikes. So police instantly connect the MOs of these two rapes. They're not exactly the same, but they kind of are because, I mean, really the only difference is that he didn't kill Renee because he does it in the early, you know, middle of the night when no one's going to see him. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, he somehow gets into the apartments without breaking the locks or anything like that. Right. And probably by like knocking on the door and then like rushing in and you know Mm -hmm. um and then he has like cleans up the apartment so they instantly are like these are similar things right yeah 
So he took the tape. He took the knife he used to control her with. He really took everything. So there was no evidence on the scene. But Renee's rape kit did uncover a DNA profile. So when they ran the DNA, there was no match in the system. And the system they were using at the time was the Colorado database of known criminal offenders. Because nothing was left at the scene, they didn't really have any suspects. Like they, she didn't see anything. There right. was, there's really no one to compare the DNA to. Like they mm-hmm. have the DNA, they know it's not a known offender. But like, but, where do we go from here? Yeah. We don't have anyone to suspect. Yeah, there's no mega database yes. with everybody's DNA logged in it. And although they didn't have a reason to suspect any one particular person, they do collect DNA samples from people in Renee's life that are kind of like the stereotypical rapist kind of person in someone's life. Yeah. So like her ex-boyfriends, her mm-hmm. male co-workers, her, um, she was like a student, so her fellow students that were close to her, and they all willingly submit DNA samples. Of course. And none of them match. Right, but it's always good to go to the like, most cliche people who could have been her rapist. Yeah, for sure. So I enjoy that they did that. Yeah, but I mean, everyone's like, sure, take my DNA. So it's probably not going to yeah, it's like, Here come you go. up with anything. But yeah. you never know. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, Renee's case goes cold, just like Tammy's. So basically, the police are sitting here with like two really awful rapes. One's a murder, and they're pretty sure they know who's doing it. Yeah. But they can't do anything. Like, their hands are tied. Mm-hmm. Then... Ten years later, investigators are able to use CODIS, which is FBI's combined DNA index system. So this was invented in 1994, so right after Tammy's murder and rape, but right before Renee's. Mm -hmm. So it's not like it was unavailable, but it did take some time for this system to become useful because the state had to enter all of their known offenders into it. Mm -hmm. And like everyone kind of did like it wasn't instantly ready to use. It's not like upload. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So 10 years later, they run the DNA and from Renee's, not from Tammy's. And this time they get a match. Oh, shit. And so CODIS was helpful not only because it was just like a bigger database, but in this specific case, it was helpful because it included more recent offenders than when they initially ran Tammy's DNA and Mm -hmm. Renee's DNA, or they didn't run Tammy's, when they initially ran Renee's DNA. Mm -hmm. So they get a hit and everyone is shocked by the name. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. It is not Jim. Oh my God. It is Rudy Gaytan. Who the fuck is that? Okay, so this is the guy who gave all that incriminating incriminating information about Jim, who was at the treatment center. Oh, shit. Not only is he connected to Jim, he is Renee's neighbor. Holy fuck. That would make sense. Yeah. As to why the locks weren't broken into or anything, because she probably let him in. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and... If that's not convincing enough, which it really is, Renee identified Rudy to the 911 operator like minutes after he left her apartment. So what happened is she says, she was like, it sounds like this guy in my apartment. Um, I think I wrote down. Yeah, I did write down what she says. Okay. So she's like on 911 and Mm -hmm. she says, I don't want to say this because I'm afraid I'll be wrong, but it sounded like one of the people in the next building, but I'll feel awful if it's not because he's been really nice to me. So Renee oh, recognized shit. the voice of Rudy because he lived in her complex. 
but she was like really reluctant to say anything right. because all she, she, I mean, she only had his voice to go off of. And that's one of the main causes of wrongful convictions is witness misidentification. So mm-hmm. I can see why she'd be scared. But the reason that she, that he kind of stood out to her too, is she described him as just like that creepy neighbor who always tries to talk to you and you're like yeah, kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, a too friendly. Yeah. So that's why she knew his voice. And they do follow this lead of Rudy initially, but they have no reason to, ser- no probable cause to search his apartment. They can't get, you know, any sort of court order to get his DNA. He's done nothing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of doesn't pan out, even though she in- immediately recalled his voice, which I would, you know, be inclined to think that maybe her ability to recognize a voice would be even more accurate during her rape because she had her vision cut off so all her other senses would probably be heightened Heightened. and it was such a high stress scenario and she said it right away if she said it like 10 days later maybe not but she instantly was like it might have been this guy he's like he lives in my building and it sounded like him yeah trust your instincts yeah yeah but at least she had mentioned that on the phone call I know because then at least it's like a a recalling mechanism but still yeah but I mean they had no choice but to drop it they couldn't do anything about it right so when they re-ran the evidence 10 years later they came up with the match of Rudy because he had since convicted a felony of writing a false prescription so if you have if you're convicted of a felony your DNA immediately goes into the system but the total bummer is that he committed this felony only two weeks after raping Renee. So if they had just waited two weeks to run the DNA, then oh it would have had a match. But they did it like right away mm-hmm. and they didn't get a match. So what a bummer. I know. But it really doesn't matter because they have a match now. Yes. And they're finally able to bring justice to Renee. But they still have to figure out Tammy's murder situation because although they have this pure coincidence of well he was the guy who gave us all the information about Jim like and he knew Tammy they still can't instantly say it was Tammy because they could still have the same MOs like it's not impossible for this to be different people but it would be pretty weird if it wasn't so they are like, what do we do? How do we connect this to Tammy? Because right now we just have, you know, a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And then they remember that forensic evidence that they didn't test because they were worried about the sample oh not being God. big enough. Our chunk of s- scalp. Yes. And I think that kind of the vibe I got, I don't know if this is true, but kind of what I was getting from it is that they kind of forgot about it because they have yeah. other cases and it's like a cold case by now. And uh-huh. Unless someone's actively working on a cold case, it's kind of you're not going to into the yeah, back, you know, you know, one day you're not gonna be like, well, maybe we should test that DNA from that cold case. Like, <laughs> like remember that one cold case? Yeah. Out of all of the cold cases like you're we busy. have. Yeah. So I think that they were just like, OK, where do we go from here? And then someone was like that sample yes. of that DNA. <laughs> so they run the piece of hair that had the scalp on it and it is a match for Rudy. <gasps> oh, my God. But oh my not God. only do they do that, but now that they have, again, 
like they suspected, more abilities to test forensic evidence, they go back and look at all of the evidence they collected from Tammy's murder, and they find Mm -hmm. even more DNA on it. shit. So Rudy's DNA is, like, all over the place, despite how meticulously he cleaned the scenes. Right. It was, like, under her fingernails and everything, too. No, they found it on, like, the towel that he, they suspect he used to clean the scene. Okay. But it was, like, a lot of it. Yikes. Yeah. (laughs) So much semen. Yes. Yuck. So gross. Okay. Sorry. So (laughs) they bring this forensic evidence to Rudy and they confront him with it. And he's, they're like, okay, so clearly you murdered Tammy too. It's like, well, well, sir, (laughs) that was rude. Yeah. So he confesses to murdering Tammy and raping Renee. Finally, Tammy and Renee's cases have closure, but also Jim's name is finally cleared because he just spent 13 years of his life with everyone thinking he just got off on a technicality. Yeah. And that he murdered his wife. (laughs) I mean, how awful is that? I mean, like, it's awful that he was an abuser. Like, that's not okay. But it sucks that people thought he murdered her. Yeah, that does kind of suck, especially since he was like defending himself the entire time was like, she's my common law wife. I have sex with her. Like, I don't. Of course, my evidence is going to be in the house in a condom. Yeah. But. And, like, imagine being one of, like, being like that. Like, you, I mean, I feel like that's, you know, one of the ways wrongful convictions happen, even though he mm-hmm. wasn't like, convicted, but of just, like, coincidences of, yeah. our episodes are full of coincidences So today. many coincidences, But, yes. like, you, you know, you have sex with a woman, and then you leave, mm-hmm. and then someone instantly, like, right after you comes, comes and, rapes and rapes her. her. Yeah. Like. It's just too, it's just. That would suck. That would suck. Especially and especially with all of this stuff mounting up against you, that's like yeah. not great, anyways. Exactly, and then the fact that you're trying to improve yourself on top of all of that. I know. It, I mean, I would just deteriorate if I were him. I just I would don't too. know if I would be strong That'd be enough such a to big be able stressor. to deal with something yeah. like that. Yeah, that would suck. But yeah, his name is cleared. He that's didn't good. do it, and yeah. I don't really know where he's at in his life, but I hope he's doing good. Yeah, I hope he's not abusing women anymore. <laughs> Me too. That would be the key. I think. So Rudy pleaded guilty one week before his trial because actually that happens a lot is that it yeah. goes like right up to the date and then someone's like, like mm, just kidding. Mm, actually, I don't want to do yeah. this. I'll just go to prison. And he is essentially serving a life sentence because he's kind of old and he was mm-hmm. sentenced to 72 years. So oh, like yeah. he's, it's basically a life sentence. Basically. And he won't be eligible for parole until he's 103 years old. Well, so if he makes it that long, I mean, I don't. I think he'll be denied parole, but he'll be a hundred and three. It won't so matter. It yeah. really matter. What are you gonna do? <laughs> like, what would he do? I don't on know parole, exactly. I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like there's you... no way you could overpower somebody when you're a hundred and three. Yeah, absolutely not. He wouldn't be a threat to society, but at the same time, unless he's like really working out every single day. Yeah, like really, kicking really it. getting, like really wants to make that parole hearing. Yeah, at a hundred maybe. But Mm -mm. doubtful. Uh (laughs) So, yeah, that is the Longmont murder double rape of Tammy and Renee. And I think it's just super interesting that this later this later crime ended up solving Solving the first first one. one. Yeah. And I just think it's I don't know. It's interesting about the phone call. I think that's the most curious part about it. She's like, I didn't I don't want to accuse him of anything, which I mean, that makes sense to me because, like, I had a creepy neighbor at an apartment and I had to, like, move. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes. I yes. Don't know, were we friends then? I, well, we were like 
how we were getting there. Okay. I literally <laughs> had a neighbor like harassing me and I had to yes. move apartment complexes. So disgusting. And if something happened to me, I would instantly think it was him because he looked in my window all the time and yeah. was creepy. And I would be like, it's my creepy neighbor. It's my creepy neighbor. But at the same time, I'd be like, well, like, that might just be my mind jumping to that because I'm creeped out by him. Mm-hmm. Right. And she even said that he was nice to her. Yeah. So maybe he wasn't to the extent of your creepy neighbor, but... I think I mean, when she said he was nice to her, I think she meant, like, what he sweet. was physically saying was yeah. nice, but he was being, cre- like, his actions like, were creepy. He was just kind of, like, off-putting. Yeah. Um, Which I get. I mean, I know people who are like that, too. They just kind of, like, I've met people out, like, when I'm, uh, like, in Old Town or something that are like that. They just kind of, like, follow you around like a little puppy dog. And yeah. they're kind of, like... Okay, I'm not interested. You should just leave me alone. Like what they're saying is, yeah, they're very sweet. If you like wrote it down, it'd be nice. But the way they say it, you know, they buy you a drink. They like say something really sweet, like you're really beautiful, or you have really pretty eyes, or something like that. And it's just very flattering. But the way that they come off is just women know too. We have good instincts. It's so weird how that happens. It's almost like a sixth sense because. I don't know. The vibrations are off. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we we are always afraid of somebody like jumping out of the bushes and raping us. But mm-hmm. it's almost always someone, you know. Yeah. And it might it might not be like your best friend, but it's no, probably it's, somebody in your like, life that you've made contact with. Mm-hmm. And that was the case both with Tammy and Renee is like it was I mean, it's, you know, the very by the book kind of rapist of yeah he is connected to them but doesn't really know them mm-hmm. not so close to them that they would recognize him right away but right but close enough that like they would let him into the house yeah but he put up just like so many bad vibes that mm-hmm. renee was like like that might be him but i, I think don't want him. to accuse him of that yeah yeah renee but renee is um this is an episode of forensic files it's I can tell you what season <laughs> and such that it is in one second. <laughs> um, okay. I'm sorry. Hang on. There's an episode of Forensic Files, and I can't, I really think it, I think it's interesting. It terrified me as a kid. It was like one of the first creepy shows that I watched, and it was about a sister who killed her sister, and, um, chopped her up and put her into a freezer like one of those freezers that your grandparents would have in the garage that has the open door Mm -hmm. and it has ice cream in it yeah she fucking put her body in that freezer and then taped it shut and nobody found out where her other where her sister was and they were all looking for her and it wasn't until the police looked down in the freezer that they found her I feel like you have mentioned this to me before. Yes, this must I, have really like, like it impacted me. Yeah. I want to do it, and I don't know which episode it is. So. You know why I feel like you can't find it is when you told me before. I think you said it was an episode of Snapped, not Forensic Files. Oh shit! Are you maybe looking at Forensic? What, maybe yes. look at Snapped. It might be Snapped. That's I remember what having it this is. conversation before. I'm so glad you exist because <laughs> I like I was looking for it look on it Forensic up. Files. Okay, I'm doing that. Right um, but it is Forensic Files, season 14, episode 21. It's called Expert Witness, and it's on Hulu. Um, I think it's probably on Netflix, too. Yeah. But in the end, Renee is like, I feel like I have to live my life to the fullest because Tammy didn't, like, Tammy's life got taken away from her, and we mm-hmm. were both kind of in the same scenario, but it ended worse for Tammy. And... I just think Renee is such a badass because she's just like on this episode recounting everything, just total confidence. And I love that about her. 
But um, you can watch the Forensic Files episode. You can read about it. It happened in Longmont. So there's a lot of art- local articles about it if you're a Fort Collins listener. But yes, that is the end. Good murder. <laughs> Oh, oh, I have a correction from last week. Oh, okay. okay. So if you listened to our episode on the Amityville Horror, the real story, mm-hmm. I definitely said 1937 when I meant to say a 1637. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I actually, okay. <laughs> I, I, like later you, in the episode, I corrected it on, or not yeah, corrected it but intentionally, you said it but yeah. Yeah. You said 1937. This is about the, um, the Native Americans. The Native Americans. Yeah. yeah, you said 1937, and then you said the massacre stuff, and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure the Indians were gone by that time in 1937, um, especially near Manhattan. But I believed you. Well, I trusted you. Okay. How dare I'm glad you. that you oh, instilled that much trust in me. Since we're doing corrections right now, I also have another one from the <laughs> Jones town episode uh-huh. i said that pentecost was a jewish tradition tis not <laughs> um it See, is, i would not have been able no. to ca- catch that um, i know nothing about yeah, that so i was like worried about that when we recorded it but i wasn't sure so i looked it up it's actually so pentecost this is so ridiculous this is very very new testament um <laughs> it's when the holy spirit came down and performed the um the thing where they speak in tongues to the uh-huh. apostles. That wasn't too far off of what you said. No, but it's not Jewish. It's <laughs> very much not. Um, but it's like an older tradition thingy. And um, it's when the apostles would like, they were like, they spoke in tongues so they could go out and spread the word or whatever. So that's what that is. That's okay. It doesn't matter. So sorry. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm a terrible religious person. I'm not really religious anymore. I'll, I'll stop my, going to you for my expert yeah, prob- testimony on religion. Probably. I mean, like, I could still if you help. Want me to. I can be helpful, but, like, at this point. To me, you I'm know like, everything because I know nothing. So <laughs> whenever yes, you I'm talk the, about you know, it, I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, you know so much. Yeah, well, I mean, I know a decent amount, but, like, I have drifted away from all of that. And I think my progression of that has manifested on this podcast. It has. Makes me laugh. If you go back to episode one, you yeah, were like, you're well, like, since I'm Catholic, I have it. to say this. It's, yeah. And that's not the case anymore. I'm glad. Yeah. Hail Satan, I guess. Hail Satan. <laughs> anyway. Well. So, yeah, Pentecost. Pentecost. <laughs> and 1637. 1637, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't even, I mean, there could be actually, I could have said it more in the episode because I just fast forwarded to that one part because I know we like read said something in that area. So I just mm-hmm. fast forwarded to listen to it and I was like, that's not right. Like that's not I correct. had to rewind it and make sure that's what I said, but well, whoops. I'm sure everyone knew what I, I was saying, but yeah, maybe not. Sorry. Whatever. Okay. We are just rambling and saying <laughs> nothing of importance now. So that's the end of the episode. I hoped you liked those. I did. Just kind of like a total random murder. Nothing too crazy. So yeah. it's good. Justice is served. Justice is served. And DNA is awesome. And yeah. if you offend more than once, someone will catch you. So maybe don't offend at all. Yeah. Don't do that at all. Stop doing that do people even do it one time I feel like that's not even a thing I don't know I've never done anything so (laughs) (laughs) that's true so I wouldn't know but there's always a progression yeah I feel like it'd be so weird if you committed an 
like a, such a heinous crime. Heinous. Heinous. heinous crime. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> such a grown up word. I'm yes. so proud of you. <laughs> or I just got it from Law and Order. That's why I was oh, laughing. Yeah, <laughs> um, such a heinous crime. And yes. then don't do anything ever again. Yeah. You That's just, so I weird. Like, I feel like that happens when it's like a grudge or it's one particular person right. that you're like, I have, this like is the person. Jim, if Jim had killed his yes. wife and did and literally nothing else. And then moved on from it. I feel like that, that would make been. sense. Yeah. That's why I was convinced of that. But then when you said that there was another rape, I just, I I mean, I could see why that would occur. But at the same time, it's almost like he has no motivation to attack anyone else because all of his aggression was centered on his wife. Right. So if she is eliminated, his aggression, I mean, I don't know if that's right or not, but maybe if she was gone, then- Eliminated. Yeah, that sounded a little- (laughs) kill listy but um yeah if she was gone then he wouldn't need that outlet anymore right and maybe it would alleviate some of his aggression like which that's is why, why it manifested that's why i was that. like i feel like even though they didn't have anything to convict him that it wasn't too big of a deal because yeah he probably wasn't going to do anything else yeah and I, I mean it's a big deal because there's no justice but it's course. not like it's a serial killer who's just killing random people right and he's already under surveillance he has to go to this place and clock in all the time. Yeah, but I mean that will end eventually. Eventually, but, but um, Longmont's not too big of a town, so I'm no. sure people were know. keeping an eye on him a little yeah. bit at least. There's a lot of farms in Longmont. Are there? Yeah, there's a dairy farm down there that like delivers to local houses and stuff. Hmm. My parents get milk and stuff from there. They do. Yeah, they That's have cute. amazing eggnog. Eggnog. Randomly, eggnog yes. is gross. You haven't tried this eggnog because I also I had that to. same conviction. And my mom was like, try this. And you have to like dull it down or not dull it down, kind of water it down with more milk because it's really heavy. And mm. that's like the point of it. And so like it's good. OK. Or you could put fucking vodka in it Ooh, <laughs> and okay. make it a little boozy. That sounds good. Yeah. I only know like the downtown part of that because Zoe lived there for like a mm-hmm. year and we would go. Just to like the downtown part. I didn't know there were dairy farms. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So maybe it's bigger than I thought it was. Maybe it's not a small town. Just the dairy farms. I okay. Don't know. <laughs> well, hopefully. <laughs> I don't. What are we saying? Okay. I hope Jim's doing well. This is well. over. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>